You are listening to the Feast Podcast from the Light of Jesus family. We share heartfelt and inspirational messages for you to reflect on and pray about. May this message help you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself to God's unlimited blessings. Everybody say, follow your leader. So you know the assignment, okay? Brother Bo said you need to bring your Bibles, buy one if you don't have one, and then really use it, really open it up, make use of it. You know, I've always believed this, that if your Bible is falling apart, you know what it means? It means that your life is not, because the Word of God is alive in you. Amen? So again, everybody say, follow your leader. That's a very familiar phrase that we always hear, right? When we were growing up, we played games like follow the leader. Beautiful game. Question. What is the most favorite game of cannibals? You want to know? Ask me what? Swallow the leader. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing that joke up because I want to talk about cannibalism for a little moment. I don't know if you noticed it, but most days, or nowadays, organizations have what you call cannibal members. What are cannibal members? These are the members who, you know, they cannibalize the company. They don't follow their leaders. They don't obey. They don't submit. And what they do is that, in effect, it destroys the company. The company suffers. The organization suffers. And it splinters eventually. You, you, you've ever had any experience like that of people who cannibalize the company? They struggle with submission. You know that word submission is actually not a very popular topic these days. Motivational speakers will tell you, don't be a follower. Be a leader. Do your own thing. You know, you're your own person. And I believe in that. That's true. But in so many ways, out of experience, listen to this. The best leaders are also followers of the best leaders. Pastor... Joyce Meyer, best-selling author, also said this. She said, you cannot be in authority if you don't know how to be under authority. And I completely agree with that 100%. Because that's what Jesus displayed. Jesus, who was a leader, who was in authority, was also under the authority of God the Father. Which is why I love our community. I love our spiritual house, the light of Jesus' family. Because we have so many great leaders. We've got fantastic builders, wonderful preachers. And most of them, you know, they could start their own community. Like for example, Brother Arun Gogna. You know Brother Arun? He's the regional head of, of Mega Manila. He's on top of all the feasts. He could, he's so good in building leaders that he could actually start his own community. He can call it BFC. Parang CFC. What is BFC? Ask me what? Bumbais for Christ. Right? Our very own brother Alvin Barcelona, district head of Feast Bay Area. Wonderful friend, wonderful preacher. He is so good and lately he has been wearing a hat, you notice? He can start his own community with how good he is. He can call it Sombrero ng Dios Community. Or J-I-L. J-I-L. Jep rocks in the Lord. <laughs> Even John Escoto, Brother Bob mentioned these jokes. But for some of you who didn't hear it last Kerygma conference, Brother John Escoto, the district builder of Laguna, excellent leader. He's the dean of the school of leadership. He can start his own community and call it Shine Jesus Shine. <laughs> or maybe Light of Jesus, literally. <laughs> 
But what I love about these leaders is that they could start their own community, but they didn't. Instead, they submitted. Everybody say submitted. They submitted to this house. They submitted to the leaders of this community. Why? Because submission is the path that Jesus chose. And if it was good enough for Jesus, it certainly should be good for us. Amen? Here's a fact, all right? The fact is, we're all followers. You're a follower. You're a follower. You're a follower. You're a follower. Touch your neighbor and say, you're a follower. Even if a proud person says, I'm not a follower. I don't follow anybody. I'm my own boss. I'm my own man. You know what? The truth is, that's not true. You are a follower. The only question is, who or what do you follow? Like for example, many people, they follow their feelings. They let their feelings dictate their life. One of the most common reasons why married people commit adultery is because they follow their feelings. You know, they say things like, I, I got lonely kasi. I got lonely. So my heart fell for him or my heart fell for her. May I give you an advice? If you're married and you fell for another person, here's my advice for you. Please pick it up. Don't leave it lying around there. You should not let your emotions dictate what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to rule over your feelings. Am I clear on this? Other people also follow their traumas or past experiences that were very hurtful. They allow that past trauma to haunt them and dictate their life. They allow the ghost of their past pain to become their ruler and become their leader. But there are also people who follow other people. They allow other people to dictate what they want in life, where they should go, what they should do, the decision that they need to make. They're like those, those branches that float in the river and they're just allowing the water to drag them wherever the circumstances they, may, they, would, they, would, they would go to. Can I ask you a question? Do you feel sometimes you're lost? You're, you're, you get depressed, you get discouraged. Does that happen to you? That's normal. But let me tell you the reason why. The reason why sometimes we, we feel these things is because maybe you're following the wrong king. You're following the wrong leader. And that's what we're going to talk about, how to be able to follow the right kind of leader. And his name is Jesus. Are you ready for this? We're going to unpack the word that Matthew gave in chapter 1, verse 1. But before I give this to you, before we, we, we chew down on this word, let me give you first the background, the backdrop of what was happening. Because it's always good to understand the context of what Matthew was saying of the time when he wrote this. You see, the target market of the gospel of Matthew were the Jewish Christians. Okay, they were already the Jews. That's why if you read the gospel of Matthew, you would see that there were things concepts that he was not really explaining anymore like for example the Jewish feasts because his market again were the Jews the other gospels would have to elaborate more because their target market were the Gentiles okay so we're, we're clear on that so Matthew chapter 1 verse 1 says that this is the list of the ancestors of Jesus Christ a descendant of David who was a descendant of Abraham so in other words, if you look at that text, Matthew was giving Jesus three titles. How many? Three titles. He was giving Jesus the title of Christ, descendant of David, and descendant of Abraham. Let me talk to you first about the first title. 
Jesus Christ. Why do you think that Jesus was named Jesus Christ? Was Christ his last name? Like, you know, surname Christ, first name Jesus? That was what he would put in his bio data. What do you think? Is that his last name? No, that's right. Otherwise, it would have been, you know, his father would have been Mr. Joseph Christ. And Mama Mary would have been Mrs. Mary Christ. Which is totally weird, right? So no, it was not his last name. Because in the ancient times, they did not have last names. They only had one name, the first name, and they were identified based on who their parents were. That's why you had in the text, you would read, like for example, um, Jacob would be son of Isaac. He would be identified as Jacob, son of Isaac. Or Joseph would be identified as Joseph, son of Jacob. James and John, sons of Zebedee. Jesus, son of God. You getting what I'm trying to say? It's good that now we have last names. Because can you imagine identifying? You'd have to know the parents of your friend and you'd have to identify them by that. But you know, sadly, some people, some people still use this example, this system where they're identified by who their parents are. Like for example, someone calls himself appointed son of God. Okay, hindi na gets. Good. I have another question, okay? What car did Jesus drive? What car did he drive? Ask me what? A Chrysler, obviously. Okay, so let's go back to the text. <laughs> what does the word Christ mean? Would you like to know? Okay, the word Christ or Christos, everybody say Christos, is actually the Greek version of the Hebrew name Messiah or Mashiach. Everybody say Mashiach. That's Hebrew, okay? You know Hebrew now. Everybody one more time say Mashiach. Mashiach means, it literally means the anointed one, okay? The chosen one. And if you probably, you know Jesus as Jesus Christ, it probably doesn't really mean much to you when you say Christ. But back in the day, when you were an ancient Jew, this was a big deal. This was a big thing for him, for them to hear the word Christ or Christos or, Christos or Mashiach. Why? Ask me why. Because during those times, this is the context. The Jews were going through intense persecution. You know, they were being conquered left and right by different countries. Like for example, from 800 BC, Israel was already conquered by Babylon. And then they were got conquered by Persia. That's Iraq and Iran. Just, it's just like the Philippines, right? The Philippines, we went through this. We were conquered by, by what? Spain, Japan, and America. So if we would call ourselves in a different name, we can call ourselves Spajama. Diba? Okay, that's the last joke, I promise. <laughs> Just trying to make you laugh. Spajama. Natutunan mo sa feast. Spajama. So okay, Christ. The reason why it was such a big deal for them was because for many years, for eight centuries, they were praying. They were praying for someone to save them, for someone to rescue them, for someone to liberate them from their bondage. And then Matthew comes along. And then he says, he says, this is Jesus Christ. In other words, this is Yeshua, Mashiach. Our wait, the wait that we have been doing for so long is now over because I found Him. I found Him. I've seen Him. He's here. He's the chosen one. He's the anointed one. He's the person who will save us, who will liberate us, who will free us. Not just in a political sense, but even in a spiritual sense. Because the greatest enemy is not a person. It's, a, it's called a sin. It's the devil. 
And what He will do is He will rescue us. He's going to liberate us. He's going to free us. How? When you follow Him, when you live for Him, then He'll set you free. Let's give a big hand to Jesus. Some of you here are looking for that same person. You're looking for, for, for someone to liberate you, to free you from that bondage that you've been. Whether it's greed, whether it's lust, whether it's an addiction, I'm telling you, He is here in our world. And His name is Jesus. And He will free you. You just need to follow Him. Everybody say one more time, follow your leader. Are you enslaved right now? Is there something that, that imprisons you? Whether it's something that, that, it's a sin, it's an addiction, it's an obsession. Is there anything in your life controlling you other than God? Here's what you need to do. You need to dethrone those false kings in your life. And then replace that throne. Give that throne to Jesus. Follow your leader. Everybody say it one more time. Follow your leader. That's the first title, alright? Jesus Christ. Here's the second title. Second title that Matthew gives Jesus is that he was a descendant of David. Six times in the Gospel of Matthew, he refers to Jesus as the son of David. Son of David, son of David, son of David. So that simply means that he was a descendant of David. But why David? Why in the world would it have to be David? Simply because all of you, most, most of you know this already, that David was the greatest king of Israel. He was the greatest king that they had ever seen. And there was a prophecy. They believed that the, that the Messiah that would come, would come from the line of kings. It would be a descendant of the greatest king ever. And so that's why it wasn't an accident when, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Because that's the same place that David was born. He was also born in Bethlehem. So in other words, when, P, when, when Matthew said, this is Jesus Christ who was a descendant of David. He was saying that Jesus is now the new David. David was considered the greatest king of Israel, but this guy will be greater than David. He will be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. It was a declaration. It was an announcement that the king is here and he is going to be the greatest king ever. That's the second title, that he was a descendant of David. Here's the third title. Jesus Christ, who was also a descendant of Abraham. In order to preach this, can I invite everybody to stand? It's a short talk, but I'm praying that the ending, the conclusion will, will minister to you and will anoint you afterwards. Many people know Abraham as Father Abraham, right? He's the father of many nations, father of the Jews. Before Abraham came, everybody else was a Gentile. But when Abraham came, everybody became a Jew. Started believing in God. The original design, we preached this in the last series, that the original design that God had for us in terms of abundance was that He created the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, both in the garden. But because of their failure in keeping the Garden of Eden the way God intended it to be, God needed to choose another Adamic figure and He chose Abraham, Father Abraham. Who would recreate Eden on planet earth. But again, Abraham failed. He failed to do it. 
That's why Jesus finally came. And thank God for Jesus. Everybody say, thank God for Jesus. Because when Jesus came, he was able to fulfill the original prophecy that God had intended for Adam and Eve and Abraham, but they both failed in doing. The prophecy was this in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 to 3. I will give you many descendants and they will become a great nation. I will bless you and make your name famous so that you will be a blessing. Touch somebody beside you and say, you will be a blessing. Touch the other person and say to them also, you will be a blessing. I grappled and, and struggled with this message all week because of the preparations for Kerygma Conference. I had to prepare two talks yesterday and I delivered it. And, and I, I honestly was not able to prepare that well for this message. But I've been praying all, all day since yesterday, since I got, I got back. Trying to put, put what God wanted me to deliver to you. And this is what God spoke in my heart. I actually woke up at 8.15 this morning. I was late for the first session. I came at 9.05. But I'm grateful that God speaks. Are you grateful that God speaks? I'm grateful that He speaks to us in a, in a, in a way that's personal. Here's, here's something that God told me. My question was, why did Matthew needed to put, you know, Jesus Christ, descendant of David, descendant of Abraham. I mean, Jesus is, Jesus is a standalone name. You agree? You put Jesus alone as a name and people would know who He is. Why in the world would you need to put descendant of David, descendant of Abraham? You needed to put some humans there to associate Him with Jesus. And here's my takeaway from this. Jesus came into this world. A living God came in the form of a man. The fact that it's not hidden from the text that Jesus Christ was a human being, that He could be related to David, He could be related to Abraham. It tells me two things. Number one, it tells me that because Jesus is human, He knows what you're going through. He knows your pain. He knows your struggle. He knows the difficulties that you have to go through because He understands that. He's human. He's flesh and blood. He's not just a living God. He's a human being who, who came in the, in, in the form of a flesh and dwelt among us. So he knows. Touch your neighbor and say, God knows your pain. I don't know if that's reassuring to you that God knows what you're going through. He knows every little detail of that heartbreak that you're going through. That need that you have. That doubt that you have. That, that fear that you have. But here's the second thing that, that I really love about this. It's the fact that Jesus is not ashamed to be associated with humans, with people. We know that David was the greatest ruler of Israel and Abraham was the father of many nations. But here's the thing, both of them were sinners. Both of them were not perfect people. And Jesus was not ashamed to associate Himself with sinners. Somebody here needs to know that, that God is not ashamed to associate Himself with you. He wants to have life with you. So here's what I, how I want to end. It says here, Jesus, descendant of David, descendant of Abraham. And that's it. You know who the descendants of Jesus are? It's you. When you follow your king, you are a child of God. 
you are a descendant of the king so here's what I want you to do I want you to declare this out with me say this with me okay I say your name I am say your name and then close it with a descendant of Jesus can you do that with me yes would you be bold enough to declare that out loud all right on a count of three in the presence of Jesus everybody declare this truth that you are a child of God here we go one two three that didn't sound convincing one more time it's I am black a descendant of Jesus shout it as loud as you can here we go one two three amen yes you are yes you are let's come in the presence of God and respond to this word that he's giving us with your head bowed down and with your eyes closed let me pray for you father thank you for making me your child we want you to be our king we want you to be the ruler of our life and in this moment we are dethroning anything or anyone that has wrongfully taken your place in the seat of our heart. We're removing that so you can finally take your place. Our life is your life. Our heart is your heart. Our mind is your mind. Our spirit is your spirit, Jesus. Take over, take charge, and we will declare that you alone are the King of Kings. You alone are the Lord of Lords. There is nothing that comes before you. There is no one that comes after you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Light of Jesus family. For more messages like these, visit lightfam.com and click on Feast Teachings.